the living God. Do we believe that God is living? That is to say that God is alive and working. Because if we believe that, as we do as Christians, that, that belief affects really everything. But I want to focus today on three areas. First, hope. Hope is the belief that God can make good things happen. Someone said to me this week regarding the upcoming election, Father Matt, what do you do when you don't see any good candidates? I said, well, we pray and vote and then pray a whole lot more. <laughs> I mean, we do, we have a civic and moral responsibility to vote and we're, we're held accountable for that and for our vote. And, but, but do I believe that God can take our world, our politics, and all those many other things that we're worried about and bring good from them? You'd be surprised, especially with older people. Students, you may not realize this, but older people lose a lot of peace worried about politics in the world. <laughs> but maybe it's something else for us. But do I have hope that even in a dire situation, that God can work all things for good? That, that the cross shows us that God can take from death new life. That even the worst things that could happen, things that are dead, we think relationships, feelings, hope, that God can resurrect them and bring new life. Because the evil one wants us to, to stay hopeless. The evil one wants us to give up. Some, someone shared with me this week that she was talking with a group of her friends, and just about every one of her friends had been directly affected by suicide. Which statistically is true for this room as well. And there's a whole lot going on there, especially a lot of psychological factors, obviously. But part of it is, is this feeling that it's like the world kind of closes in and the heaviness is so much, I feel stuck and I feel like there's no reason to think that things will get better. And again, there's, there's psychological things. It could be chemical imbalances, all sorts of things going on there. But for us as Christians, as bad as it is, there, there's always a reason for hope. That it's never gone. And that the invitation is to, is to turn back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm really struggling here. I, I can't make it better myself, which, which we can't. But in our helplessness, we're invited to turn to the Lord and say, God, I have this yearning for peace, this yearning for, for, for happiness. And I wouldn't have that desire if God didn't have a plan to give it to us. And that God is not done. As long as you and I are here, God is not done. So all the things in our life that we're not happy about, God is not done. We have reason for hope. Secondly, because God is alive, this also affects what we believe, what we know about 
our deceased loved ones. And both of our readings kind of touch on this today. The Sadducees approach Jesus. They deny that there's a resurrection, which is pretty bold, by the way. You know, it's agnostic to say, I don't really know if there's a resurrection, but they're saying there's not. Your faith is in vain. It's like, oh, that's pretty presumptuous. It's kind of prideful to kind of believe that, to make a claim like that. And so they think they have Jesus stuck. And they say, well, here's this, this, this woman's married to a man, and then he dies, and then she marries his brother through seven brothers. And then when she gets to heaven, she's had seven husbands. Who, who's going to be her husband? So like, they were trying to do the gotcha to Jesus. And, and really what he points out, and it, we see this in the other Gospels too, is that in heaven, that we're not married. M- marriage is a training and learning how to receive and make a gift of ourselves. Because that's what heaven will be, a, a receiving, eternal receiving of God and an eternal giving of ourselves to God back. And it'll be completely fulfilling in a way that we've never experienced. And, and I, I say that partially to say, if I'm looking for a guy or a girl to be the answer that I need, I'm going to be severely disappointed. The, the, the goodness is you, you don't need a certain someone to find happiness in this life. In fact, if I'm looking for a certain someone to make me happy, it, it's, it's never going to happen, actually. Happiness doesn't come from the outside. But at the end, happiness comes from letting the Lord into the inside knowing that God is with me and loves me completely and fulfills me. And then I can receive all relationships as a gift from him. But that's a little bit of a side note here, but it's what Jesus brings up. But, but Jesus goes on to say that in heaven, that all are alive, that God is not God of the dead, but of the living. And he uses this example of the Old Testament. When Moses calls Lord, he doesn't say you know, God, you know, Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob who, who believed in God. They, they, this is the God they had, but this is the God these fathers still have because they're still alive in him. That, that those who have shared in the eternal God's gift of existence continue to exist. That our deceased loved ones who have, ha- who have not had an eternal soul, they have an eternal soul, they continue to have an eternal soul and are alive in God. That's what we believe. Now, they, they may need our prayers, and some of them may need a lot of our prayers. But, but also, the closer we are to God, the closer we are to them. That if they live in God... The closer we are to God, the closer we are to them. That, that's why coming to Mass is the closest we are to our deceased loved ones here on earth. The closest we are to God, and they exist in God, that Mass is a privileged place in which we are united with the church triumphant, the church militant, they say, us here on earth, but also the church suffering, those who have died and are waiting to go to heaven. 
And so the fact that God is alive gives us reason for hope that things will get better and also gives us reason to believe, to know, and to be connected to our deceased loved ones. But third, because God is alive, it affects how we live. Yesterday I was talking to um, some people at the football game about homecoming and you can't talk about homecoming and flag stuff, unfortunately, without tequila sunrise coming up. And this guy said, he told me this story. He said a few years ago, he was coming home early in the morning. It wasn't tequila sunrise, I think, but he was coming home and he saw a young lady walk out his front door. And so he's like, hi, <laughs> she walks off. And, and then um, he, goes to, he goes inside and his wife's there and he's like, who is that? And she said, I heard a noise, and so I came in the other room, and I found that young lady sleeping on the doggy pad. And so I got her attention. I said, hey, are you okay? And she's like, what? And she said, Joey said I could stay here. And the woman said, who's Joey? <laughs> like, and so they, they, they actually ran after her, and they're like, we need to give her a ride. Like, he's like, I'm not going alone. Come with me. And they, they gave her a ride home. And, and I guess they... They, they had a conversation later just about how lucky that girl was that it was their house that she wandered into. And it just goes to say that, is, is that the life I want for myself? Is that truly living? That God wants us to live a life in a way that's truly good for us, in a way that I can enjoy and celebrate today, and then wake up tomorrow and enjoy tomorrow. And to receive everything as a gift. Every, every moment as a gift from the God who loves me and wants me to delight in it. This is how, you know, you know, so if you're feeling the exhilaration of a ride at the homecoming carnival, delighting in that, or you're delighting in dressing up in your Halloween costume, or eating ice cream with friends, that all those things that we can receive as gifts from our living God who came so that we might have life and have it to the full. It's not just chance. It's not just, well, some people are lucky and some people aren't. But as we have a living God who is constantly pouring his life out and inviting us to share in his divine life. And I just think sometimes we can feel, when, when things are not always going the way we want, we can feel like, well, I guess this is the best I'm going to have. Yeah, maybe he doesn't treat me the greatest, but, you know, it was nice to have somebody there. And it's like, no. If we don't feel delight, if we don't feel alive, like that's what God wants for us. That, that Christians live differently. That even, gosh, even in concentration camps, when, when um, St. Maximilian Kolbe was in... Auschwitz, that the rest of the prisoners reported singing. Like, they're all about to die, but they have more joy than any of us in this whole camp. Because they knew the living God. And they knew that they couldn't stop what's happening. I mean, they would if they could. They couldn't stop it, but they had a choice to receive it as from God and to say, well, if this is how we're going to be martyred, and this is how we're going to get to heaven, then soon enough we're going to be singing with a whole lot more people. And so as Christians, we're invited to 
receive the living God in everything that comes to us, even, even suffering. The, we hear the faith of the seven brothers and the mother today in our, our first reading from 2 Maccabees. It's powerful. If you haven't read this, I'd go back and read 2 Maccabees. And that, that here they are, they're, they're, they're being tortured, and they're going to be killed, and that they respond with incredible faith and hope. God, now, God doesn't want us to suffer. We don't have to go looking for suffering. But, but our lives have their fair share of it. Or maybe trying to be Christian on this campus is going to bring its fair share of suffering. That we too, we, we might not be tortured in front of the crowd or something, but maybe we're ridiculed in front of the crowd. Maybe we're mocked. Maybe we're misunderstood. And in front, not in front of us, but behind our backs they're talking. Now, we don't want that. But can I choose to accept it, that the living God is allowing this to happen? And if this is somehow part of my martyrdom, my, part of my sanctification, and part of my path where I can, I'm invited to find my joy in God and not this world, and I'm purified in that way, then so be it. That I want to live with freedom. I want to live with hope. I want to live knowing that I'm connected to my deceased loved ones. And, and I want to live differently. I want to live as a person who knows the living God. The God who loves me, who holds nothing back from me. And that I reveal that to a world that's desperately in need of it. That I receive my life and I await eternal life from my living God.